Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers. Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest around the United States, Canada, especially in Minnesota tonight as uh, I have ventured away again, folks. I am in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, actually Lake Elmo, Minnesota, just outside of St. Paul. Scott Strandy here with you and uh, my co-host, Zach Bondurant, holding down the fort in Chandler, Arizona. Zach, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? How was your trip? <laughs> uh, well, nine and a half hours in the car with a uh, two-hour stop in Dubuque, as I told you, uh, to visit with uh, Oliver David and uh, talk a little uh Dubuque to Sun Devils, or Dubuque to Tempe, I should say. We're calling it the uh, From a Saint to a Sun Devil. You like that? <laughs> uh, I think we need to make T-shirts right now. <laughs> well, Co Coach David told me that he was going to trademark it. When you see the show, every time I say that phrase, he yells, trademark. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny, but uh, quite a connection there is between Dubuque and the Arizona State Sun Devils. So that's coming up. Uh, hopefully we'll have it up for you for Friday uh, to uh, take a watch of and listen to. Um, in the meantime, we're talking professional hockey. We're calling it Minnesota Week. Um, tonight's guest, uh, another Minnesotan, a Hobie Baker Award winner from the University of Minnesota, uh, a Duluth, Minnesota native, and uh, a coach at the uh, USA Hockey highest level, the uh, the women's gold medal team. Um, I, I don't know, but played for the, the Los Angeles Kings. You go on and on and on about Rob Stauber and just, uh, just how great a career he had and continues to uh, give back to hockey in the coaching aspect right now. So uh, hopefully we have Rob. Uh, we've been uh, chatting back and forth on uh, texting, I should say. So hopefully we'll have Rob uh, in about uh, 15 minutes or so. But in the meantime, Zach, uh, professional hockey is rolling on and Last night, the Golden Knights uh, secured a 3-1 series lead with a nice come-from-behind victory over the Canucks. And tonight, the uh, both games, the uh, Bruins and Lightning are uh, through one overtime, tied at two. And uh, the Avalanche um, won on a scoring binge, <laughs> scoring somebody, five times in the first period. Somebody finally woke them up. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. They, they brought in the backup goaltender from the University of Minnesota, Duluth Hunter Miska. 
Oh, is he playing? <laughs> He's the backup. He's the backup. Oh. <laughs> so okay. there you go. That That's okay. how everything's riding, in case you it's, haven't noticed. It's, it's Minnesota Minis- week. It's Minnesota week. I won't give you any pushback. <laughs> Since that uh, was my number two school, ASU and Minnesota yeah. Duluth were up there, so. Yeah, I hear you. It's a, it, it's a great university. There's no doubt about it. Um, you don't want to live there in the wintertime, though, if you can help it. Uh, if you go Partially why there, it was my number two. <laughs> if, you go to, if you go to school there, the beauty of it is you never have to leave uh, the out. You never have to leave the indoors. You can get everywhere, tunnel or, or uh, skywalk everywhere on campus. So that's not bad. But if you want to go anywhere else, good luck. Okay, that's enough about uh, Minnesota Duluth for the time being. Um, so we're down to the final eight. Um, anything surprised you so far, Zach, yet? Uh, probably the avalanche before tonight and then again tonight. But anything else uh, surprise you? Um, a couple things, mostly in the east. And maybe okay. it's because, um, I mean – I don't know. It's hard. The East is so, so interesting to the sense that all, all the teams are, can win. Any of the f- remaining four teams can win between the Islanders, the Flyers, the Bruins and lightning. But honestly, the, t- the fact that the lightning have really taken it to Boston, have a three, one lead in the series. And then the fact that the Islanders really just been stomping on the flyers. Um, those are the big ones. I think, um, so I think the I'm really excited for that Tampa Bay. Well, it's not done yet. Let's let's it's not over yet. So, um, <laughs> but it, the way it looks right now, it could be the, the Islanders in Tampa Bay, which I think would make a great series. But other than that, I mean, Dallas is like Dallas came out of nowhere. It, and honestly, I will admit it. I'll raise my hand. I can't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think they'd be this this dominant over the Avalanche with a three one lead. So um, it's well, playoff hockey. Anything can happen. So I didn't think so either. But but once uh, Grubauer got hurt and Eric Johnson got hurt, and our guest last night, Pat Pinkoletti, uh, just told us how important Eric Johnson was to that locker room. Um, when you lose your starting goaltender, I know that Frank Coos is is close. But uh, when you lose a starting goaltender like that, it's kind of demoralizing. You lose one of your leaders on the defensive core. It's a little bit more demoralizing, and then you find yourself down three games to one, and, and you're going like, wow, it slipped away in a hurry. Um, but the Avalanche, to their credit, at least through the first period tonight, have responded. Uh, you know, five goal outbursts in the first period just lets you know how explosive they are. Yeah, and I mean, I think it kind of plays into the fact of, holy smokes, we could be eliminated and we're not done yet. Uh, the The issue still is... Dallas has been able to put up two, three goals unanswered from them previously in the, the, the other three wins they've got, and there's still two periods left. So um, it, anything can happen. And, I mean, the way Dallas has played, we touched on it last night, the fact that they've got that veteran leadership. They're not, gonna, they're not panicking in that locker room, I don't think. If it was me, this is also why I'm, on the, <laughs> I'm not a pro player, but I'd be like, okay, I don't know what to do now. But those guys are they're the pros, and, and they're going to be able to, to stick it out. And there's a reason why they're in the playoffs, and they've, they've got a lead. So it, the next two periods will be very interesting. Okay, so I have to mention this on every show. It's kind of uh, an obligation that I have. But, man, oh, man, kudos to the NHL again for doing this 100% correct. They uh, – 
they put the two team the two conferences in bubbles um, all across Canada from Edmonton to Toronto and uh, no COVID cases. The only professional team uh, or college team, if you call it football, uh, to be able to say that they have zero cases. So they've done something right. Um, when I was talking to Coach David today, he said uh, the USHL is, is very close to the NHL and gets a lot of guidance from the NHL. So uh, they they feel like when they come back and their their players are going to report October 1, that they're going to have a system in place, not a bubble, obviously, but a system in place to help them navigate the uh, the virus. So we'll see. Now, that's different than the NCAA, so we'll see how they respond uh, after seeing what the USHL does. So it's kind of a trickle-down effect, but we will uh, give all the credit in the world to the uh, the NHL for what they're doing. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of the off-ice stuff because uh, more news is breaking today with the Coyotes. Uh, Craig Morgan wrote a nice piece um, and you probably are a little bit more in-depth on this from today than I am because I was traveling and just getting bits and pieces. But what what's going on with the Coyotes in your estimation? Um, based on what he said, he's expecting a fire sale, and I'm pretty sure that's a quote. Um, I've read a few things, so I could have gotten it mixed up. I apologize if I did. But no, I'm pretty sure – Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he said fire sale – and um, I think when you look at that, you look at the fact, okay, we've got new management. We have a, we have a group of guys who, who we, can, we can trade off. They just lost their first round pick and a second round pick because of you know, the shenanigans behind the scenes with the prospects. Um, and that's going to hurt them. If you're going to rebuild, you need to have your, your picks. They don't have a first round pick this year because of the Taylor Hall trade. If he decides to give them the mercy of re-signing there because they have the cap room for it, uh, I'll be surprised. But um, I would expect, and I don't know if Craig Morgan touched on it, but I would expect Taylor Hall to walk. I would potentially expect to see Ekman Larson traded away in order to recoup some of the picks that they lost. And he's a high commodity right now. And... Um, there's teams out there that need him. Uh, Winnipeg comes to mind. The Blues come to mind if Pitcher Angelo doesn't resign. Um, the Devils could take his services if they really wanted to, even though they're still kind of in that limbo phase. Um, then you get guys like Keller, who could be a question mark. Garland, who is a, a cap-friendly uh, uh, forward that can that can put up the points and put butts in seats because he's so phenomenally skilled as a skater. Um, they'll probably keep Garland because he is a low cap hit. But, um, I mean, I, I think anybody besides Chikrin and uh, Barrett Hayden is up for grabs. That includes Darcy Kemper. And that's probably uh, – Ekman Larson and Kemper are probably going to be – I would expect them to be the first two names off off the roster and and shipped off to somebody else who needs goalie depth and a, and a number one defenseman. Which could potentially both be Colorado, if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Well, and Taylor Hall's been rumored to be on his way to Colorado as well, so I don't know how they make room for all of them. But um, I guess 
what what enters my mind, Zach, and, and you know this because I've told you many times off off camera, but what what scares me, if you will, is a rebuild again. Um, not because it's probably the right thing to do for a new owner, but let's put it this way: you rebuild with rookies. Look at look at a guy like Barrett Hayden. Um, he he's got no ice time to speak of in two years from his draft class. Yeah. Um, so. So you you bring in a bunch of rookies and young and experienced guys, um, your competitive level is not going to be there for three years minimum. Um, and and you look at you, you say okay well Vancouver's young um, for the most part Colorado's young, but um, the difference is you got some high end first round top first round picks to build around. Um, yeah. And right now we don't have that luxury. I mean if, if you trade. Say you trade uh, Oliver Ekman Larson and you trade Darcy Kemper, the teams that you're going to be trading them to aren't going to be giving you top five picks because they don't have them, you know? So they're going to be picks that are going to be in the, you know, higher end of the first round. And not to say that you can't get anybody, but uh, I mentioned to you today that there's, uh, you know, with no picks and not a lot of money to spend with the the COVID stuff and, and, and all that, you, you also don't have a McDavid or a Matthews coming down the pike. We don't see any of those uh, generational type players out there to be drafted even. So, um, man, oh, man, I feel for the Arizona fan base because they're going to be asked to suck it up again. Um, not only the fan base, but the, the partners, the corporate partners, are going to be asked to uh, have faith in the new ownership, if you will. Um and how many times have they been told that in the last decade or more? Uh, so, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, I wish them all the luck. Uh, we're going to be there. We're going to be following them. We're going to be covering them. We're going to be doing everything we can do on it. But um, you know, I, I, just from an honesty standpoint, I think you're looking at three to five years before this team can become competitive again. And uh, that's asking a lot from your fan bases. And I compare it, it's not fair, but I compare it anyway because they're so geographically close between Arizona and Vegas, right? And and the Vegas Golden Knights um, basically went out, did everything right, including spending money that they had to spend, um, and and were able to put a team on the ice that went to the Stanley Cup final their first year, went to the playoffs their second year. Now in the third year, they might have the best team they've ever had and are – steamrolling teams at least through the first two rounds so far so it's hard to be in phoenix and to be in vegas because you want to compare the two you want to build a natural rivalry and and it's just not happening (laughs) so yeah anyway the one thing to credit that to is the 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 ownership we haven't got to see a lot of the new coyotes ownership they're just he came in and I, I think mid season. I, I don't know. I he ca- he came in right before the season and he was instrumental okay. in getting Taylor Hall and signing Phil Kessel and, and those types of things. But then guess what? Uh, they played pretty well. They were looking well. They started to struggle a little bit. Pandemic hits. Yeah. And now so- you go through that. Then then you have the Chica thing, and then you have the news about the the you know the testing of the draft picks or potential draft picks early. So, um, you know, it, it's been a tough road for, for Alex Murillo. And if, if you're a 
been a Coyote fan for a long time, you'll understand what the Coyotes have been through. Um, we all thought and we still believe that uh, he's going to be the owner that we hope, but um, yeah, he's got some learning to do too. He's not uh, an owner of a professional franchise yet until the Coyotes. So now he's got to figure out how do you run a professional franchise? It starts with the, you know, he's added a new president and CEO. He added a new vice president of ticket uh, sales today. I noticed he also uh, is looking for a GM. Um, he's got his head coach, it seems, but, but does Rick Tockett uh, want to go through a rebuild? I mean, who knows, right? Um, I mean, yeah, that's going to be the question. Uh, I think it's going to really depend on the GM and his blueprint. I think um, that he's going to have the GM's going to have to come in and lay out a blueprint and say, you know, this is my plan. Um, there are no generational players. We've gotten very lucky, especially from my aspect. That's the that's one of my favorite parts is the draft and the business of it. Um, we've gotten very lucky with the sense that we had McDavid, we had Matthews, McKinnon. We're going to have Lafreniere. Um, we had both the Hughes brothers. We've had, I mean, Elias Pedersen. We've had so much talent um, coming through the pipeline. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Coyotes kind of picked the worst time to, to make it to the playoffs this year um, because they maybe would have been in the lottery for that for that number one pick, or at least in the top five, which you are going to get a franchise player in the top five in this year's draft. So um, I'm still a Coyotes fan. I'm ready for, I'm ready for whatever they got to do to be competitive. Um, and uh, I, we'll see what happens. I, I, I have an idea of what my aggressive blueprint would look like, but again, this is why I'm at the kitchen table <laughs> and my resume is not on the desk to be considered. <laughs> and, and, and we joke with you because you've been sending uh, us all kinds of different things, projections of what you would do if you were in that position. I know that's a very enjoyable thing to look at. Um, so it, it's, it's crazy, but um, you know, when we look at, at, at Vegas and what they're doing right now is to me, and I think I told everybody that would listen to me um, this past summer, um, not not a month or two ago, but before that, when the season kicked off originally, I said, um, what, what's happening here is that the, the Golden Knights have put together a roster. Uh, they weren't satisfied with Gerard Gallant and the way he was uh, running the team as the coach, so they, they, they released him of his duties and brought in Pete DeBoer. Uh, and everybody thought, what's going on, right? Um, but they did it. Uh, they went out and found their, their problem areas. They got a backup goaltender who turned out to be their number one goaltender in Robin Leonard. They went out and fixed one of their needs at uh, the fence with the uh, deadline trade of Alec Martinez. Then they brought in a guy named Zach Whitecloud from Bemidji State here in Minnesota, a free agent. Uh, he was here. He'd been through a couple of training camps. He'd been working his way up through the uh, AHL system in Chicago, and uh, he was ready to go. So, um, the, you know, he made the difference. Uh, somebody asked me earlier in the before the playoffs started, they said, if you looked at the Vegas Golden Knights, are there any issues? And I said, well, in my estimation, it's going to be the defensive spot. Maybe they need one more defenseman. And uh, that's... That's what they 
went out and fixed by having the uh, on-the-job training with Zach Whitecloud and and then the, the pickup of Alec Martinez. So uh, pretty phenomenal that they were able to do that. But um, while we wait to see if we get Rob, I just sent him a message to see if he was available. Um, it, they just look like a team that's built to win right now. Yeah, I mean, proof is in the pudding. I mean, they kind of they won the the round robin. They're beating a very talented Vancouver team. Granted, they are young, um, but I mean, they're in the position they are for a reason. Um, and if you look at them, they're big, they're strong, they can score, they're scary. <laughs> I don't want to play them. So, um, yeah. I mean. And their goaltending at, I mean, you put you put Flurry in last night, he gets you a W. You have Leonard, he'll get you a W. It's like it's an unsolvable Rubik's cube at this point. I don't see a <laughs> I don't see a weak point. I genuinely don't. I mean, I don't, I don't. If Tampa goes, and I think Tampa might be the one to come out of the East. Um, I said, Paul, Paul, I, plug your ears. Paul, right. sorry, Paul. <laughs> I would love to see the Islanders win. I just like I, I my confidence in Varlamov, which stems, and I'm biased from his Colorado days. I just don't have the confidence. However, again, I'm at my kitchen table. But um, it, I want, like I said previously, if Tampa goes, for the love of God, get the thing done, raise a cup, because you have Shattenkirk. You, 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 you've got such a big budget. And uh, the fans are like, okay, this is the year. This is the year. We've got all these superstars. Um, <laughs> but if they go up against Tampa, I, I think Vegas is going to take it. And the other aspect, too, is that's going to be an excellent series. Two franchises who want it so bad, who were left at the altar. Um, or not left at the altar, but were the bridesmaids. Um, right. And, and that's that's going to be a phenomenal series. So we'll we'll see what happens. But – yeah, sorry, Paul. I as much as I want the Isles to go, I'm biased. I'll say it. I'm biased. Uh, I'm giving you a bad time. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the the fun part about and I don't want to say it's fun because it's a business for the Vegas Golden Knights. But Pete DeBoer is is all business, and he you know he doesn't go with the popular choice. He doesn't let the fans try to influence him or anything else. He goes with what he believes. And I thought his comment today on why he started Marc-Andre in the back-to-back game was phenomenal. And, and, and I kind of had a feeling that Marc-Andre was going to start this game. But his, in his words were, I knew the guys were going to play hard for Mark, So he thought they would dig deeper in the second game of a back-to-back with Fleury and goal. Now that's something, how many people thought about that besides the head coach? <laughs> yeah, and it shows why they brought him in too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and I like Tampa. I think they can probably get there. But uh, I think the ultimate chess match would be watching Barry Trotz go against Pete DeBoer and the Islanders and the Golden Knights uh, in the Stanley Cup final. I, I wouldn't argue with any of them. But uh, I just think that that, that those two, uh, Barry Trotz is the same way. Uh, Pat Micheletti told us that last night when we had him on that um, he doesn't – he just doesn't uh, – accept anything but his way you're, you're going to play and use his formula or you're not going to play and everybody yeah, buys yeah. into it and then the success is there to prove it so 
Anyway, as we wait to see if we get our uh, our guest tonight, let's uh, take a quick break and uh, hear from a couple of our partners. And Zach and I will be right back. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Rob Sauber joining us shortly. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M-Drive. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue meal or a pregame feast. Head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient 
shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. All right, we are back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, as always, every Monday. Scott Scrandy on the road again in uh, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, uh, for the week. And uh, my co-host, as always, uh, Zach Bondurant, joining us and holding down the fort in Chandler, Arizona. Zach, was it 115 today? Uh, I don't know. At this point in the summer, I just... (laughs) assume not to check the weather so i know it's getting towards the end of the summer and tomorrow's september so i i think my body just knows it's going to start to cool down so it has to right but again this is 2020 and anything can happen um (laughs) i will i will tell you that uh when i left um las vegas on thursday uh my car registered 114 uh, Friday, 24 hours later, I went through the Rockies, uh, was nearly to Vail, Colorado, got caught in a cold rainstorm, and uh, my car temperature said 54 degrees. Yeah. So by my math, that's uh, about 60-degree temperature change in a 24-hour period. So, okay, enough about that. Um, we don't have Rob, so I, I'm assuming I, I sent him a message this morning, didn't hear anything back, so I don't know if he's uh, – obviously unavailable but um disappointing we'll try to get him back on uh, when we can so in the meantime uh stick with us zach and i will continue to talk professional hockey for you um i want to go back to to um the coyotes situation again zach and i don't want to kind of beat a dead horse but um here's the thing right when you get a new owner and he comes in and he starts basically all over from the top down from the president CEO to the vice presidents to a a new GM now, albeit in a different circumstance. Um, it just your thoughts on that. Maybe he has to do it, but is that the way that you would do it if you were the owner of the Arizona coyotes? Ooh, um, (laughs) you weren't expecting that one, were you? (laughs) no, but I will say, Chica has been there for four, five years. I'm trying to think back here. I don't know. But if you look at it, numbers aside, if you look at it, Chica has been there for a decent amount of history. He's got a track record. Um, they made the playoffs this year. So good sign, right? Although it's a little bit odd how it happened. They did make it past the first round and they went <laughs> right. to the playoffs. So. He brought he he was able to bring in a superstar left winger, but with Taylor Hall, um, he was able to get Kemper, who turned out to be phenomenal. Uh, put Ronta and him together. Um, you know his drafting. He he was able to get good draft picks, um, but it still felt like they were the middle of the pack team. So if I was coming in. Yeah, I, I think it's reasonable to say that I would want to replace the GM. I'm sure it would be a very challenging decision, 
Um, but I mean, coming into a new business, what happens when they do a restructure, right? Or they do a merger? They they pretty much they let a lot of the old staff go, and they bring in their their staff that that runs things the way they want it to be ran. So, um, in my position, I, I probably would do the same thing. It's a little odd how it happened, but well, well I think me, it's reasonable. Let me play devil's advocate for you, and then get your opinion after you hear my opinion. Um, I looked at it like this. Uh, last September, I had a chance to sit down with Aaron Cohen, who was the CEO and uh, president of the club, uh, right as Alex Merlo was getting ready to take over as a new owner. Um, and I thought that the momentum, and I've been in the Valley for 30 years, so uh, I thought the momentum that was building from what Aaron Cohen was doing, he reached out to Lindsey Fry. He made her an ambassador. He, he got the Kachina jerseys back. He got um, the Kachina's women's or slash women's girls program established and rocking and rolling. He was reaching out to various community members and partners to get them on board. I thought when I sat down with him last September um, that the Coyotes were probably in as good a shape uh, all the way around on and off the ice as I have ever seen them. And that's saying something because there was a time when they were uh, a pretty solid team with Jeremy Roenick and Shane Doan and Keith Kachuk and guys like that. Um, so I, I was really optimistic September, October, they got off to a, a tough start because they, they had a terrible schedule, um, but, but they got better. And they at one point were in first place in the Pacific um, for a little while. Uh, they were hanging on to a spot. Then their, their goaltenders both got hurt and that kind of threw them for a loop. But it, that was the only thing that threw them for a loop. They were building momentum everywhere. And then, as we know, the pandemic hit. Um, and the pandemic hits, and then all of a sudden, um, cutbacks have to be made because there's no revenue, right? And there's no knowing when they're going to get back on the ice. And then shortly after that, we find out that Aaron Cohen is being replaced. Um, Mr. Morello is bringing in his own guy. Okay. Um, although I would disagree with that from the standpoint that Aaron had done such a fantastic job of building um, the program back up again, if you will, program, team, franchise, whatever. Um, so I was a little surprised at that. Uh, then we find out about the, the testing um, violations, and we know that at some point in time there's going to be some, some things coming down the pike that, that we're going to hurt them. And then we find out that John Chaika is uh, uh, not really, I wouldn't say disgruntled is the correct word, but was asking to move on. And he laid out a game plan. And this is what I'm hearing is that he laid out a game plan that he would um, go with them to the bubble. And while they were in the bubble, they would be transitioning so that whenever they lost in the playoffs, even if it was after a Stanley Cup victory, that he would move on and they would make a seamless transition. Then something broke apart, and I don't know what it was, um, and I don't know if we'll ever know what it was, but the the breaking up between Alex Murillo and the Coyotes and John Chaika was not pretty. Um, we all know it, right? But the Coyotes gathered themselves together under uh, interim GM Steve Sullivan and, and Rick Tockett. They went to Toronto. They played, as you said, in a different format, but were able to qualify for the, the – uh, 
first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is something they hadn't done in eight years. Um, then they go on and they face a an overmatched Avalanche team, right? I mean, the Avalanche are just better. There's no other way to put that. Um, so now you have that going on. And I think where things really fell apart in my eyes, Zach, is, are those two 7-1 losses to end the season. Uh, it didn't look like the effort was there. It didn't look like the team was playing hard. It looked like they saw the handwriting on the wall and said, we can't beat this team, so let's just get ready to go home. And there's nothing that will hurt um, a fan base, partnerships, things like that, than to see that. And the the ironic part of it was is that's the words that the Coyotes management said about um, John Chaika, that he quit on the team. He quit on the team. He quit on the fans. He quit on the franchise. Uh, that's the word that they used. And and I said at the time that that's um, the that's worst harsh. word you can use to a to competitor, right? Yeah. So so you look at the whole thing in a capsule and you go like, okay, I understand from, from Mr. Morello's standpoint that he wants to get his own guys in there. But I think the timing was what got me. I mean, if, the, if it had been like a brand new franchise or if it had been – a franchise that had a lot of stability in the past and he just came in and wanted to start making changes. Okay. I can understand that. But when you were a franchise that struggled for the better part of a decade to find your identity and hold your place in the league, and then all of a sudden you get rid of everybody. And I understand pandemic and I understand all these different things, but man, oh man, I just, I just, I guess wonder if, if the mentality is not more of a business mentality rather than a professional franchise mentality. And that could be it. Um, I mean, it could that very well could be it. I would assume that he knows other owners, um, other people that are in the business. And I think the other thing that we could potentially – uh, kind of meditate on, I guess is the word, but um, maybe somebody had said, look, you can either continue the way you are and stay a middle of the road franchise while you try and bounce back from the sanctions and find a new GM and you've got your superstar, your biggest name, one of your biggest names leaving, probably not coming back, all this and that. Or, you come in and you start over and you have three really hard years and then the hope is you turn the corner. Um, so I don't know. He, he may have gotten that advice. Um, I think as somebody who had seen the Avalanche go from the 01 Cup with the Wad, Sackick, Tangay, Drury, Bork, Blake, Foot, all those guys, and then them leaving, being traded off, being retired, all that stuff, and then seeing the woes and how it dips down. Um, it took them a lot longer because of outside, just a lot of stuff just kind of went went sideways for them. But when they finally got it going, um, it took a relatively short amount of time for them to make a turn. And um, that aside... Tampa Bay looks like we'll be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They just uh, updated scores 3-2 final and double OT. But um, um, anyway, um, 
Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. And personally, like I said, I, I want to see the Coyotes do well. They're, they're the, the Valley team here. Um, I want to see hockey thrive in the desert with ASU, uh, U of A, GCU, NAU, um, with UNLV up there also. And the Coyotes are a big portion of that. Um, El Paso, Texas just won Hockeyville, USA. And I think a large portion of that has to do with Dallas being a successful franchise that they have been. And um, I think it was last year uh, was the ACHA uh, was the tournament in Texas. So it shows the success of a franchise uh, sends shockwaves throughout the, the area that they have a direct um, connection with. So from a standpoint of a hockey fan, uh, I want the Coyotes to win. But I think the best course of action you may – sometimes in order to move forward, you got to take a couple steps back. And unfortunately, that has been the consistent tone – with the with this franchise um and it's got to be extraordinarily frustrating as a, a fan or a season ticket holder or even a, a corporate partner um i mean also if you look around the valley you, you, with your younger fans they're typically wearing like uh their vegas hats they're wearing colorado hats they're wearing Boston Bruins hats. Uh, they're, they're not wearing their home team's apparel, which I think speaks volumes in the sense that they are reaching out and they are doing those programs, but you got to win in order to have the success throughout the, the, the community. And that's something that they've struggled with. So um, it, it's, it's, a, it's making a decision from the owner's perspective to rebuild is more than just, okay, we're going to be bad. No, you, you're going to lose fans. You're going to do a, you're, economically, you're going to be challenged. So it's something I'm glad I don't have to decide. Um, I trust the new owner. He's an owner for the for a reason. The NHL has put him through the screening process. They know that this could be the guy that that is a good owner for this franchise. And um, I, I, I'm on board. Whatever they got to do, let's do it. Um, I just want to see success from them. As I sure he, do. I'm sure he does. Yeah, well, I mean, he's made that statement quite quite clear <laughs> with the T-shirt uh, phrase that he, uh, he it, when they asked him if he wanted to win or not, if you know what I'm saying, hashtag I sure as blank want to win. Yeah, so, and they all uh, do. They all yeah, want to win. Yeah, they they wouldn't be in the business if they didn't want to win. So that that would be unfair criticism. Um, okay. Uh, I just wanted to get those points out there because I, I, you know, like I said, I care as much as you do uh, about this franchise. I, I live here. Um, I want them to, to be successful. I think they're successful. Um, help them being successful helps every other program. We see the uh, facility being remodeled and coming in in Mesa now, which we never thought would have happened, which will be the home of the uh, Kachina women's program. Um, we know that there's been talk about, maybe trying to get another uh, another ice sheet in Tucson, uh, which would be a practice facility, at least for the, uh, the Tucson Roadrunners. We also know that there's been talk of uh, getting a facility of their very own uh, on the east side, which is more conducive to their fan base and partner base. So a lot of things uh, churning. 
Um, I just hope that it doesn't sour the hockey fan. I mean, uh, being part of the media, I get a little frustrated with our media partners, and, and they have reason to be upset and uh, and go, here we go again. But that that doesn't help the franchise when they're that the media partners are are raking them over the coals. So I don't want it to sound that way from us. I mean, we're supportive. I guess we just want to uh, try to figure out what the situation is. Okay, enough of yeah. that. Let's let's move up to Vegas, specifically Henderson. Um, the Golden Knights uh, continue to do just everything right. <laughs> it, it's, it, yep. it, it's good. Pat them on the back. But the, the Silver Knights got their first uh, head coach today. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but I'm going to try it anyway. Emmanuel <laughs> Manny Viveros, uh, the first head coach of that franchise, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, um, a previous head coach in the Western Hockey League for the Spokane Chiefs, and uh, also an assistant previously with the Edmonton Oilers, also done some general manager, head coach, director of player personnel for the Swift Current Broncos. So very well-rounded coach. Uh, it's exciting to see him in place. And, and again, when I say um, the Golden Knights continue to do it right is uh, they now have a coach for a team that, that hasn't even set foot on the ice yet. <laughs> and and that's how you do it, right? I mean, you get out in front of this stuff and you get it done and and their, their building is going to be ready and supposedly uh, uh, christened on October 1, which is a significant day in Vegas. Uh, they wanted that particular date available so that's coming up very quickly now they have a head coach for their their team and um you know we already know that that their their group of players are bringing in for that team is going to be very good as well so that's uh, exciting news for vegas and like i said on the ice they just continue to do everything that's asked of them and as far as compete and uh, i give a lot of credit to pete DeBoer, and like i always say zach it starts at the top if uh, bill foley wants something he usually finds a way to get it done. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's that's a franchise that I think you can look at and say, I, they're hitting on all cylinders. They're doing it in the, the front office with hockey development, player personnel, um, all the way down to the equipment staff, all the way down to the guy who does the graphics. Like, they're, they've got their stuff together and the fact that they have brought the right people in to do the job um, that they have been hired to do. And I, I, I feel like the front office and is the same way the, the roster is. It looks bulletproof. So they're making good decisions, uh, which is encouraging because a new franchise traditionally gets off to a really hard start. Um, most of the expansion teams that came around haven't even haven't won a cup. These guys have been so close and it looks like they're going to do it this year. Um, but it, it, it's good to see that you, you can come into this league and do, do everything right and be successful. And it'll be very interesting to see how Seattle responds to it. How is Seattle going to, uh, how are they going to operate? Um, and I think that Gary Bettman had said it to the Seattle fans. He said, this is not typical. This is not typical right. where you build a team <laughs> and you go to the Stanley Cup finals. Um, and I think something to keep in mind, too, is a part of what drove that team is 
probably the hey we're all we're all the uh, the Isle of Misfit toys, right? No, our right. teams didn't want us; yeah. they didn't protect us. So they had that swagger coming in that you know let's prove them wrong, and and they did a good job of piecing together who's going to work well together. The other thing is that they had an outside an outside push from the tragedy that happened to Vegas. And Correct. they they knew that, okay, we are playing for a city who needs us, right? Yes. We want to show our appreciation. We love this city. We're a part of it. And it's the same thing with the Blues. Um, and I'm, I kick myself because I the, the little girl's name escapes me. But if you look at it, uh, when she made contact with that franchise and started to get to know everybody and Colton Perenko through the hospital she was in with the yes. battle with leukemia, I believe it was. Yes. They somehow found another gear and yes. they won the cup. So if you look at that, uh, it's, it's, and that's the thing is that the point I'm trying to get to is, um, is these, these players are human and, 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 uh, Gosh, maybe I don't even know the point I'm trying to get. The point I'm trying to get to is these players, they they play for things that are not just – they play for things more than themselves. And yeah. I think that's something to consider too about the Coyotes is somebody may want to come here and they want to be the difference maker just like the, the guys were in Vegas. They want to be the difference maker. So um, that's the beauty about hockey is it's more than just a game. It is about a community and amazing things can happen when – you have somebody who's just a story, a story that comes into the locker room and becomes an inspiration. And it's something that Vegas has used to, to their advantage. I'm not saying they're taking advantage of it, but they've just, they've played phenomenal. And I think they're still playing for those, for those fans and those families um, from that, that, that tragedy in Vegas. And they could potentially play their way to lifting the cup this year. Yeah, I would totally agree with you on everything that you said. I, I would like to add uh, to it, though, and, and I saw this, as you know, and everybody probably knows by now, I was uh, privy to Vegas getting a team before they got a team, and there was very few people in Vegas that even figured they had a chance. Um, I was up there uh, with the guys from Sinbin, and uh, we talked about what it was going to take and what was going to happen and how Mr. Foley would be as an owner. And uh, he, he's been everything. I mean, he's been anything that they've needed from day one, he's provided for them. Uh, even to the point where he knew there was going to be another team coming on board, um, which was uh, Seattle. And he protected his players uh, by buying himself out of the expansion draft. He paid uh, several thousand dollars to make sure that his team was not going to be one that would get selected uh, in the, in the you know, third year of their franchise to lose somebody really good. And when yeah. you look at it right now is they have some players that, that could be selected, but won't be now because he stepped up and, and said to the, the league, I will give you X amount of dollars to make sure that we stay out of the expansion draft. So um, that's extremely important. Um, it's good to have, it's good to have the money. <laughs> oh yeah. Without a doubt. And that's like everything, right? Every business uh, it's good to have the money because you can do so many more things with it. So 
Okay, um, let's hope that, that that's what happens with the Coyotes. They turn things around. We got about nine minutes uh, left here or so, so let's recap uh, where everything stands. Uh, if I'm correct on this, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but uh, the Islanders lead three one over the Flyers, heading correct. into uh, a game five. Uh, the first team to finally clinch, or finally to to clinch in a four uh, one series was the Lightning over the Bruins, who. You picked. You figured that they're one of your teams to get to the the Stanley Cup final. Um, the Golden Knights are up three games to one, heading into a game five against the Canucks tomorrow. Yep. And the game that's going on right now, about five minutes left in the second period, the Avalanche still hold a um, substantial lead. It's been cut into a little bit. It's 5-1 now. But Dallas leads that series three games to one. So it's an elimination game. Um for the avalanche and they're playing like their backs are against the wall and trying to get something done. So, yeah. And I think if they come out of this, um, even if they play Vegas and they, they get beat, uh, this could be a step for the avalanche in the perfect direction. And these are the things that I think, for a young team, you need, you need these learning experiences. So if, if they come back and even take it to a game seven um, and lose to Dallas, but if they beat Dallas next year and the year after Dallas is, or Colorado is going to be lethal because now they have the, the experience. Um, they know what to expect. They've got the core guys who know what it takes. So Hockey, it's looking up right now. And the fact that the NHL has been the most successful organization to bring a sport back is uh, – there are no words for it. Um, it's, it's really cool to see that the, the, org, the league that you love making these steps. And I really hope that it makes its way down to, to all the other – uh, the leagues, the... Uh, I know where you're going with that, to the uh, NCAA. I was going to le- <laughs> lead into it gently, but okay, fine. We'll just we'll throw a wrench right through the glass and break it. Yes, hopefully the NCAA is ready, even if it's, if it's just playing. Let's get these guys on the ice. But um, yeah, it, it's good to see that, that the game is being played. Um, the players are taking it seriously. Um, they're they're bleeding for it as they would any other time, um, and it's I don't know I'm I'm very happy as a fan, and I do want to redeem myself um, because <laughs> uh, Layla Anderson is the girl's name. Uh, Layla, she's such, yeah, yes. she's such an inspiration. I wanted to make sure I got that right, but um, but yeah, shout out to her. Um, her story is phenomenal. If you haven't if you haven't been able to get in depth to it, it's a little bit outside of our 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 quote-unquote coverage area but well uh, as i said hockey is about more than just the game let me let me piggyback on that because you know that i traveled uh from arizona to vegas to denver to kansas city to st louis and i did a uh, a feature story uh for a sunday special with john hogan who's the head coach and director of hockey for maryville uh, university uh, on the ACHA level. But while I was there with John, we had dinner or lunch, and he suggested that I drive over and see the practice facility of the Blues. And he wasn't pointing me that way because of the Blues. He was pointing me that way because of 
Lindenwood, who's known as probably the premier ACHA program in the country. And they also um, have a, a building there or a rink. So I, I thought, okay, well, I'm in St. Louis. I'm going to go look. So I drove over there, and, and Zach, I've seen a bunch of hockey rinks, and this one blew me away. Uh, I've got video and photos I'm going to send you to look at, and we'll have it up. Um, I'll put some up on the on the website as well. But if you uh, ever want to see a perfectly designed um, facility, uh, the Blues have a practice facility on one end with a rink that's called the NHL rink. They have another rink that, that's used uh, for multiple teams. And then next to the NHL rink, they've got a rink that Lindenwood uses. And there's a little tie-in here because Rick Zombo is the head coach at Lindenwood, who also played at the University of North Dakota and for the St. Louis Blues for a long time. So I'm sure there was some connection there. But they've taken this big facility and they've let Lindenwood have their own little spot and, and brand it. Um, the Blues obviously brand theirs, and then there's a basically a community ice rink for the for the city of St. Louis. And then you go to the back of the building, and they have a pavilion with a, a big roof over it um, that they can play outdoor hockey with a roof over it. So, I mean, this place is phenomenal. Um, they've even got it down to uh, the ESPN, local ESPN radio station has their own studio inside the building so they can actually do broadcasts and I guess do do broadcasts from within inside the practice facility. So man, oh man, yeah. I, I mean, I was just blown away. I was just yeah. totally blown away. And, and there again, that's how, that's how you make, um, you know, a winning franchise and a Stanley cup champion franchise. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like I had said before it, you win a Stanley cup, um, or you become successful as an organization, uh, the community starts to see more rinks. They start to see more um, more kids playing the sport. You start to get a boom. So um, in the sense that we had talked about it with the Coyotes, like they can do it. I know they can. We're here to support them. The fans are here to support them. Um, we love the team. Whatever road they choose, we're here. But it just it shows that um, – when you have that success, it, it grows throughout the community. So, yeah. And I'll tell you when I walked through that St. Louis facility, um, I was in awe, uh, totally in awe. And I was, I kept telling myself, why can't we have something like this in the, in, in the Phoenix Metro area? Or why can't the, uh, the uh, Tucson Roadrunners at least have a practice sheet? Um, because you see this and you go like, man, the spectrum is just, there's too big of a gap here. So anyway, I'll let you do your read. We'll say good night tonight. Uh, sorry we didn't have Rob on. I apologize for that. I will talk with him and hope, hopefully everything's okay with him. And it was just a mix up in communication. But um, anyway, we, we got through it as we always do. So take it away and we'll say good night with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. You have your read there or no? Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh. The mic was off. <laughs> oh, I lost you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The mic was off. I'll get it rolling here.
All right, so here we go. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you to see a top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms are open in accordance to the CDC guidelines in all 12 Valley locations and California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile, see Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you how the power of the, power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy Summer Skates, our line of shower shoes, and show off your fandom or team with a unity of custom designs. Visit Visit summerskates.com. It's one of those days, Scott. Behind the mask, it's time, it's time to get back to hockey. For all your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Find the bottle that suits your taste. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By MDrive. Go to mdriveformen.com and use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. MDrive for energy, stamina, and recovery. By Ice10 Scottsdale and Chandler. Visit our website for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all our Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes store, Podbean the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. And also available now on the TuneIn app by simply asking Alexa to play ITHSW podcast. So if I started for everybody listening, yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, We'll say goodnight with Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. We'll also let you know tomorrow night is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, Paul Hornstein and myself will be hosting along with uh, another Minnesota guest, Jess Myers, making a return. And yes, Jess, I know your name got spelled wrong. I was driving and trying to post it. My bad. <laughs> I know how to spell Myers. It's M-Y-E-R-S. <laughs> I had to throw that out there because he's been ribbing me on it all afternoon. Um, <laughs> it's, that's what hockey's all about. It's all about the chirps. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Zach, thanks again for uh, for doing what you do. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff coming your way this week, so uh, be looking forward to uh, seeing what we get up on the website. And uh, as always, get to icetimehockeysw.com to uh, see what's going on there and tune into all of our podcasts. Uh, so good night from Lake Elmo and good night from uh, Chandler, Arizona. Uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>